Today on Locked on Rockies, is a deal close of firing in the Rockies system? Plus, top prospect talk. You are Locked on Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked on Rockies podcast for today, the ninth day of March. I'm Paul Holden, your Rockies fan extraordinaire, and there's lots going on in the baseball world, even though it's still locked out. Today on the Locked on Rockies podcast, our main focus is going to be on top prospects, but as of recording this, a deal on the CBA could be very, very close. Make sure that you're following everyone to make sure that uh, you know when things are going on. Like I said, I'm Rockies fan extraordinaire Paul Holden covering the Rockies and all sorts of good stuff over here on the airwaves in Seattle. You can find all sorts of examples of my work at paulfholden.com. Been rooting for the Rockies all 27 years of my life. And hey, let's dive into some quick stuff before we are joined by the one and only Lindsey Crosby to talk about our drafts, all that good stuff, all of the top prospects here or the Rockies. That's what we're going to talk about here over the next couple of days. And of course, keep you updated on anything new with the lockout. I got Twitter up while I'm recording this quick video here to get our stuff. The Rockies, while waiting to get a deal done, have also fired. Yes, that is right, folks. Fired Scott Van Lenten. He was just hired seven months ago to lead the research and development team. Again, he has been fired by the team so the Rockies again uh the the reports from the Denver Post are saying major disagreements uh between the two uh I'm taking that as a sign of uh hesitance for the Rockies to dive into analytics and to go in there and uh do something that they they really uh needed to do and really needed to to step up taking this step back maybe we'll learn more but to me this has you weren't part of the Dick Momfort clan. You weren't part of the Rockies blood. You weren't part of the boys club. You weren't part of the team. You weren't part of that group of people trying to get something done. So more details, I'm sure, are going to come out of that. But again, the Rockies making a different move seven months ago in terms of analytics and research and development. But Scott Van Lenten, the uh, one put in charge of that, is out at... The as uh, the Denver uh, as not the Denver, the Colorado Rockies. I was uh, scrolling through my my feed and it is uh, just all uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Rockies firing this guy. The Rockies confirmed the move, but said it would not comment on internal matters. A source told the Post that there were major disagreements regarding Van Letten's role with the club. I'm going to go ahead and say didn't go along with Dick Momfort and his rules. All right, folks, uh, like I said, there's also CBA talks that could be something today. The most, as of right now, most significant issue remaining in talks, is, although not only is said to be direct draft comp pick compensation, the elimination of the qualifying offer. The players want it. MLB has proposed it, but MLB wants the international draft, which is no smatter or give. That is from Evan Drellich uh, as the uh, lockout continues. And I guess games might get rescheduled or something. I don't know. MLB is walking back all of its threats right now, it seems, if they can get a deal done in terms of canceled games and all of this, that, and the other thing. But that's kind of the latest right now. We'll talk more about the Van Letten firing and what that means for the Rockies uh, here coming up. But first, let's dive in into uh, coming up 
later. We have a really, really great conversation with Lindsey Crosby, honestly, about Rockies prospects that that will that will dive mostly into. But I couldn't go into the show without talking about that today. Again, Scott Mainland, the man the Rockies hired seven months ago to lead the research and development department of the Colorado Colorado Rockies is out due to major disagreements with his role with the club, according to sources to the Denver Post. That is a step back. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out more. But my initial reaction to that is it's a step back. And I hope I hope the Rockies are still taking analytics in that development seriously. Uh, you also wonder what's been going on with Dick Monfort being uh, you know, involved in these and, and this or uh, this decision still being made as well. But Lindsey Crosby joins us. Let's talk prospects. Enjoy. All right, Lindsey Crosby, Locked on MLB Prospects. Paul Holden, Locked on Rockies, here to talk this farm system. And and Paul, something that that I've noticed about this farm system is you guys have a ton of outfielders, man. They love outfielders. I mean, and, and that's what's so crazy. And now we're sitting here as Rockies fans. They need to add a power bat in the outfield. So is that through free agency? Do you package some of these outfielders and figure it out? Plus, who's going to play where? I will say it's more interesting. The DH coming really please no Charlie Blackman in right field. I love Charlie Blackman, but if we have all these outfielders and we need to see who's going to let Charlie just swing it and we can have someone else, that's not going to be a negative asset on defense. So uh, I don't know. I, that's they, they really love outfielders, they, outfielders. And, and, and it was arms for a while. It was get every single arm I feel possible. And we're going to figure out who can pitch at this environment. Yeah, and and I think that's the big kind of thing here is the 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 offensive environment that you're in compared to everybody else. You've got special concerns there, but kind of looking at this top ten, and you know, let's just start at the very top. I mean, you guys have tons of talent, but outfielder Zach Veen. So he's a guy to me. I mean, obviously, high school player in 2020, one of the you know, the few picks in 2020 because it's five round draft. Uh, so somebody that that. Ninth overall pick, got a big signing bonus to skip going to Florida and started off kind of slow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first 120 at-bats in low A Fresno, didn't have a homer. But then you look at his end-of-the-year stats, 301, um, 15 homers, 36 stolen bases, and just under 400 at-bats. And so he's a guy to me that, based on what we've seen so far, I feel pretty comfortable he's going to project out to be an everyday big leaguer. The question is, how far does he go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's. I'm really excited, and also winning. I believe the minor league player of the of the year for the Rockies. At least the Rockies announced something like that. He was their top prospect, quote unquote, for uh, that they that they voted for. He's really exciting. It, it's just hard, you know. When I wonder, it's like when is he going to come, and 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 how much does they is that going to factor in? But what I like about and what I liked about seeing and watching him play, uh, it's, it's it is that ability that. I struggled first and then to kind of come alive. I love seeing that, especially in the first year and, and especially throughout the season. I'm I'm okay with slow starts if they lead to what Veen was able to do. And that's a great, great sign to see someone who comes out of high school, starts the major league grind process of a of a, you know, even it's a low ball, but still a professional season. And to be able to have that success and, and really show out in, in the big moments. He had a great uh, showing at the futures game, if I recall correctly, as well. So Zach Veen is, is someone that I'm really excited about 
But uh, as you mentioned in, in the notes there, he wants to use that, you know, maybe he needs to use more of the entire field. He's got to work on that swing a little bit more. I want, I'm not looking for him to be the thing. I'm looking for Zach Veen to be a great defender who can hit a ton of doubles and play center field. That that would be an ideal situation if Zach Veen was to, to develop because I, I think to go with our first outfield conversation and, and, and one of these super fans who really crank uh, the numbers for me, open my eyes to this. I want the Rockies to lead the league in doubles. I want the Rockies to be a team that hits a ton all over the yard, and that's going to play super well at Coors Field. Todd Helton, a prime example. Why was Todd Helton always so good? It's because he hit a ton of doubles, and that if someone's on second, that's an RBI. That's a run in the first, second, third inning. So if Veen can can hit the ball all over the yard, play solid defense, I think he's going to be. He could be something special. He's easily the one in the in the in the system that I think is kind of giving you that. All right, we are watching closely what Zach Veen is going to do. Yeah, and he's a number one prospect for a reason, right? I mean, right. he. We're, we're talking about the floor on him is everyday outfielder, big league kind of guy. If if he hits, his power needs to develop a little bit more. And you have to keep in mind, I mean, he's, he's, six, he's six five 200, so he's a good-sized kid. But he's still a kid. He was born in December 2001. So you look at some of that. There is – you touched on how he, he struggled and got a little better. He, he is very good at hitting in the zone, like hitting against spin, against velo – against location. He's very good at that. And he can hit both lefties and righties. Doesn't have really severe platoon splits. What I do want to see from him is he's got a long, a lot of stuff in that swing. It's a really long swing. And I think there's some mechanical tweaks he could make. And that's kind of natural that you'll make as you come up just to kind of shorten his path into the zone and then lengthen the amount of time that he's in the zone. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the contacts he's already making are good. And then defensively, He's got good reads. He's got good range. He's got good routes. Those are the big things you look for for an outfielder. I feel like his arm, um, his arm is 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 good. His his arm is good enough to stick in center field. And so for me, this is now just a you need progressively harder competition year over year. I actually think he's a guy because you're going to lose so many uh, AAA guys off the forty man rather than him starting off at high A. Depending on how he looks in training, they may start him off at double A this year. Right. Um, and it, and again, that's just one of those, how does he look in spring training? Uh, but from everything that we've heard, and obviously they're in spring training right now, I just haven't seen updates from camp yet. Uh, I think he's going to be next couple of years up there, um, hopefully leading the league in doubles in Coors Field. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if you if he's playing ball at Double A next year, especially at the beginning post spring training, that is a fantastic. That is something to bring a little bit of positive and life into a farm system that needs a pulse. It needs a flash. It needs someone for Rockies fans to sit here and be excited about coming up and, and seeing. Because the, I think what's interesting, and I'm, and maybe this might be a, a non sequitur or anything, but. I'm with the amount of time the Rockies have given Rymel Tapia to play in terms of his production, not not a stellar defender and can hit the ball, but hits the ball 62 or 64 percent of the time on the ground. I'm curious what that's going to mean for a prospect like Zach Veen, if he can get the same amount of at bats, maybe he struggles a little bit. And then when he gets to that everyday role, we can Mm -hmm. see him not ground out to shortstop every time. I love Rymel Tapia, and I think he and he provides a unique. Uh, you know, a unique flair, but 
he's someone that I would imagine the Rockies would try to move to bring that outfielder to fill in the time before Zach Veen is ready. That that's kind of what I what I see. And if 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 Veen is better than Tapia, that's already a step up, and that means the Rockies have someone that's an everyday starter that's going to be able to be more more effective. Because when Rymel is hot, he's a great contributor to the team. But when he's cold, right. he's ice ice cold. Paul, are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? I'm always ready to discover my purpose. I, I, I couldn't be more ready, honestly. Well, Mission Possible, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete and former baseball player Tim Tebow, encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. So ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Yeah, and and you mentioned a minute ago about uh, Todd Helton, and he's actually a guy that I want to reference for a second. I'm glad that he's in camp right now because yes. your number two prospect, Michael Toglia, mm-hmm. I think I'm saying that right, but yes. 2019 first rounder out of UCLA, and he's a guy that I really think having Helton in camp is going to help him especially. Uh, he is your C.J. Cron replacement in the next I'd say probably sometime in the next two years uh, he was in double a last year obviously had that moment in the futures game hit a home run there at Coors Field kind of give you a preview of the future but I mean big powerful switch hitting kind of guy and a lot of the work for him is he's still really pull heavy kind of the same issue that, that Zach Veen has and so I think Helton's going to be a guy that can kind of show him you know, straighten his swing out a bit, straighten his his offensive game out, and show him, hey, this is how you go and hit doubles in course field. This is what you have to do offensively. And so, like, I feel good about in the next two years seeing him at the big league level for the yeah. Rockies. At, this is what it's it's so nice that the first base that first base is finally working out for the Rockies. Getting mm-hmm. CJ Crone was a move they should have made in 18 and 17. They should have been looking for a CJ Crone type of player this entire time for first base while they were figuring out the draft and development of the next person. So I love Crone being back for two years to buy time for Toglia. And if I'm, if I'm Toglia and I'm sitting there saying the Rockies just brought in the guy, I mean, there's, there's out, out of, out of three names that you could pick out of the hat to be Mr. Rocky. I'm pretty sure Todd Helton is still at the top of that list. And Mm -hmm. to have the Rockies come in and bring him in, and and the and beat reporters and stuff were saying Todd Helton is specifically here at this camp right now to work with Michael Toglia. His job, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he will do that other is things for but, you, Michael. But, but the, yeah, it's to 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 have that if if Toglia is not sitting there and and just trying to absorb as much because when I watch first base play and and I know I'm the homer. Todd Helton is the pinnacle of what I want from my first baseman, a first baseman that is great defensively, who is someone that can will make your infield better on on the defense side. And, you know, even with the oh, it's first base defensive, blah, blah, blah. Todd Helton was an elite defensive first baseman. I stand by that and his ability to put the ball in play. If I was a Rockies minor leaguer, there would be very few Rockies I would be more excited about to listen to than someone who said, I want to play 17 years here and commit my entire career to being a Colorado Rocky, especially at first base. And I mean, it, that's, that's been a position that has been dying for, for since Todd Helton. I mean, the, to go from Todd Helton to, I don't really know who was the interim in between someone there, but to Ian Desmond, to Daniel Murphy, and then to sit here and be like, 
Oh, so we we're just waiting for the CJ Crone guy the whole time. This is really all we needed for first base. I mean, could just done this. I, yeah, we could have just done this when you, the, 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 in, the rest of the infield was incredible. We, we actually just needed to put a normal first baseman at first base. Sorry, I'm going on yeah. my usual tangents. But, good. Um, uh, you know, this is something that these Veen and Taglia uh, that that is that it does kind of make your heart thump a little bit to, to know that there are two players that are when the Rockies are looking at and saying that these are our guys and. The, the re-sign of Crone gives a perfect little bit more time for Taglia to develop, for the Rockies still to get, you know, uh, production from that position. I, I think that, that that's a, a great move, and I think Taglia's got to sit there being confident and know that not only is he getting help from Todd Helton, but then, you know, when he he probably he will cross paths with Crone and be able to talk about it. And, and I think that's going to be something great, too, for someone who's come in and said, this is a new stage of my career. I found some great success and could be the Rockies offensive leader for for it was last year. It could be this year and could be on the, the next year, too. I mean, two really, really great mentors for, for Taglia to have, which it, and has shown in the big moment. Those, so if if we get a if we get a new Todd Helton, that is that's the ceiling. But if we get CJ Crone level production from Taglia, I'm happy with that. I'm, I am very happy if you're if your draft pick turns into my CJ Crone. I think you're happy at this, the, the Rockies 2021 version of season CJ Crone, I should say, you'd be very happy with that. Yeah. Especially for a guy who, um, who missed out on a, on a season in 2020. So right. the, the stuff about Toglia, there's a thing that I love and a thing I want him to, to kind of improve on. And I kind of made a lot of those notes in our show rundown, but um, for, for Toglia, I love his ability. And you talk about first base defense and that's something a lot of folks, you know, Talk, you know, say you don't need an elite defense at first base. I think the one thing that you do need to find, and Taglia has it, is the ability to to pick and scoop balls out of the dirt. That's mm-hmm. something that will improve your infield defense, and it's something a guy like Freddie Freeman, you know, he's considered to be one of the best first basemen in baseball, not only because of his offense, but because I say Braves first baseman, he's technically not, mm-hmm. uh, but his ability to go down and get a ball in the dirt. So I Taglia's got that skill. I love that. What I do want to see him work on, I mean, he's pull heavy, but he is sometimes not aggressive enough. And it seems odd to say that about a guy, you know, who hit 22 home runs and 400 at bats, but he sometimes leaves, he leaves hittable pitches there Mm -hmm. and, and he's too selective at times. And I think that in, in Colorado, there's an opportunity to take a mistake pitch and, and put it in the seats. And I think that's something that Todd Helton who was really good at hitting hittable pitches and letting not hittable pitches go. I think that's something that Helton's going to show him and and really going to give him uh, some advice on and some tips on and teach him that. But talking about like guys who have to still learn a little bit and get some more of that high level experience uh, catcher drew Romo. Mm -hmm. So he's the number, you know, the number three overall prospect right now for the team and 2020 out of high school. I don't usually love prep catchers, He's one of the exceptions. I feel like he's got really good defense. Um, and he w- was considered to have k- kind of a questionable bat before last year. And then he goes to Fresno, bats 314. Uh, not a ton of power production, which is something that will get there. But 23 steals from a catcher. Yeah, wow. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't happen a ton. And so he's, like, to me, oh, like, okay, he's got really good defense, He's working on game calling. You just need some more time for that, obviously. Um, he's a switch hitter. And I'm almost at the point now where I think he should probably drop the switch hitting and bat left-handed. There's a 130-point difference between when he bats lefty, 351, and when he bats righty, 218. 
Mm-hmm. And a catcher has enough stuff to learn already because of the cerebral aspect of game calling, you know, defense, things like that. Maybe just drop the switch hitting, stick to bat and lefty. Uh, but either way, good bat speed, good strike zone discipline. He has all the tools. Um, he does need to to grow into the, some of that power a bit, and I don't know exactly how much he's going to do that. But either way, I really think that three years from now, he's going to be a gold glove caliber defender there um, in Colorado for the right. team. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I I'm with you on that on, on don't, don't further complicate the already complicated game of baseball when you're trying to break through and make it to the next level by doing the switch hitting thing, unless you feel as the player, like you really feel like you're that confident. It is that big of an X factor for your play. It's something that, I don't necessarily think again, 130 points difference in the game of baseball. That is a major a shift in terms of numbers there. So if, yeah, if you need to work on your game calling, you need to help your power and you need to, and, and you're already facing a huge shift in, in the difference between the two swings. I love the novelty of a switch hitting gold gloves, base stealing catcher, but yeah. I'm also okay. If you're a contact hitting base stealing gold glove catcher, that hit that hits from the left side exclusively. I'm, I'm also okay with that instead of, you know, uh, getting too complicated because, you know, you're going into the game and you're thinking that this, you're going to go up against this pitcher, but what if you're playing the raise and it's an opener? So yeah, I know the, it's interleague play, but what if you're facing an opener and then they go to the next pitcher and you're facing all these arms and you got to go back and forth and back and forth in the game, how you need to get your rhythm. You need to get your baseball. I very much a game of rhythm. And I think by, Having so many, I got to call the game. I got to be ready to play on defense. And then I got to be a contributor on offense on top of, you know, pitch calling, pitch blocking, you know, all that stuff. Don't, don't, don't further complicate yourself when you, when it's already so hard to make it there. And again, when you're, we're looking for a comparison, I think these two prospects that we've, that we just talked about finally have someone of equivalence that, that, that is a good sign for the Rockies. The Rockies were desperate for an op, for off any type of offense from the catching position. And Elias Diaz wasn't doing that until midway through the season this year. If you can, if you, if Elias Diaz is going to be consistent and can kind of, again, show these guys what it's like to be productive at this position and that has struggled in course, it's going to be, that's going to be huge, but I will take, I will take, not as much power with good contact hitting and elite defense from the Rockies catcher versus, you know, waiting for half a season for Elias Diaz to finally come alive and start hitting things out of the park. It is easy enough to score runs in Denver that my priority is defense from that catcher. I want him to not lick balls go. And yes. and he's got a little, little bit of work to do on, on his blocking still. And that's just something where you see him as a bigger guy, you know, 6'1", a little bit more mass back there to move around. But he'll get there. That's something that you, you pick up with experience. And part of that, too, goes to knowing your pitching staff and knowing what's coming, knowing what balls they put in the dirt. So you see a young guy who went from high school straight into the minors he doesn't have the knowledge of the staff. So blocking something that develops a little bit later for guys like that. And in just a minute, I kind of, I do want to go over some pitchers and some outfielders I'm really excited about. Uh, but first, if you are hungry and you need some sort of energy, some sort of protein, things like that, uh, you need to check out Built Bars. Um, Built Bars are the only protein bars that taste like candy bars, 100% real chocolate. Paul, what's your favorite flavor of Built Bar? See, here's the best. I love 
any of them that are like the the, the chocolate, the brownie mixes. The, I'm a huge chocolate guy, so Built Bars are great because they got that cover of 100% real chocolate, but low in sugar. Because I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm the big candy bar guy. If it's if it's a chocolate bar, I'm I'm trying to snack on that. And, and Built Bars have been have been a great way to kind of cut down cut that down. Yeah, I mean it's it's peanut butter brownie, my favorite. You, you yes, talk about that's the, that's the, the one brownie I'm mixes. Of. Yep. Peanut butter brownie. There's a mint brownie, and then they've got all kind of you know coconut almond, coconut cherry barcia. That's one that my my wife eats all the time. Uh, you know white chocolate cookies and cream, that kind of stuff. So um, tons of flavors. They have new ones coming all the time. They have the rotating ones. They have limited time ones. Go to built.com. Uh, check out the list of everything there. Sign up for. For the emails, while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And while you're going online, and I know that you probably have to deal with this quite a bit living somewhere where it snows, but mm-hmm. uh, as you need things for your car, whether it's snow chains, um, whether it's pe- people down here where I am, you need things like, you know, like Rain-X or whatever for your car, uh, think about getting it from Rock Auto. So your local auto parts store, the, the chain there, there is so many makes and models of cars. No possible way they could have all that stuff. You go in there, Paul, and you're like, hey, I need an oil pump. And they say, okay, great. Um, is your car an LX or an EX? Is it a sport? You know, all of those questions just for them to not have the part. So instead, go to Rock Auto. Uh, it's a family-owned business that serves DIYers. They've been doing it for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the, how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices and all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Like my Tebow, am I getting it right? You, that is exactly what it looks like. I knew I was so glad we had the Tim Tebow audiobook <laughs> for the for the Denver guys episode. I was like, this will work. He will get this. You will appreciate this. I will appreciate that. I, yeah. It was fun having Tim Tebow, but I will take Peyton Manning over Tim Tebow every single time. <laughs> I imagine you would. I imagine you would. All right, we're going to hit the pause button on the interview there. We're going to be back in action with Lindsey Crosby and all sorts of of more great prospect talk. We'll keep you updated on CBA stuff. We'll keep you updated on all that good stuff coming here in just uh, throughout the next couple of days. But we got more from Lindsey Crosby throughout the rest of the week. We're keeping an eye on the CBA agreements. Again, as of recording this, things are close again, but uh, nothing there. And the other big Rockies headline, uh, the Rockies have fired Scott Van Lanton, uh, who is the head of, or who was hired to host or to uh, head the analytics department. Uh, It's a huge disappointment, a huge letdown, and I hope there's an actual good reason. But folks, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Rockies. Thank you so much for tuning in today and for joining us. We'll be back with more great Rockies podcast action tomorrow, so be sure to stay tuned for that. And go make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day. And folks, until next time, I'm Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked on Rockies podcast.